I want to talk this morning about what it means to be rooted. I want us to talk about what it means to be anchored to something. And I want us to look at a passage, a short passage in Colossians. It's Colossians chapter 2, verse 2, verses 6 through 10. And it's in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 through 10, that Paul talks to us about an anchor. He talks to us about being rooted. Paul's letter to the Colossians was to a city called Colossae. It was a city in southeast, in the southeastern region of Asia Minor, which is today modern-day Turkey. And the Apostle Paul is writing to a very young church, a very impressionable church, a church that is being inundated with philosophies and the traditions of man, competing ideas, competing religions. And Paul wants to make it very clear that in a cultural moment where you can sway back and forth with the wind, you can be rooted, you can be grounded, you can be anchored. So look with me, if you will, to Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 through 10, as we look at this morning what it means to be a rooted church. Hear the word of God. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit. According to the human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him, the fullness of deity and dwells, of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him, who is the head of all rule and authority. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God, no, the word of our God, it stands forever. Amen. One question I want to ask this morning, are you rooted? Are you grounded? Is your life built on a strong foundation? It's hurricane season. I hope that's not a surprise to anyone in the room this morning. But if you lived through the hurricane season of particularly the last two seasons, you know that we were busy planning and busy prepping as even this past fall, just nine months ago, we just missed a direct hit from Hurricane Irma. But in the days leading up to Hurricane Irma, as people were fleeing South Florida and driving up that painful drive up the turnpike, trying to dodge what we thought was going to be a catastrophic disaster for South Florida, what did we all make sure we did before we left town? We made sure that our houses were tethered and grounded and rooted we hoped, at least, that the houses that we have were built on a strong foundation. And doesn't Jesus talk about this strong foundation? You remember the parable of the two houses that Jesus talks about. And he talks about two identical houses. 
that look exactly the same. The same aesthetics, the same exterior, but there is one thing that is different about these two houses, and it's the thing that you can't see, which makes it the most dangerous. The one thing that is different between the two houses is the foundation that it's built on. One of the houses is built on solid rock, and the other house is built on sand. And when the storm comes in, and the storms will come in, the house that is built on sand is wiped away. But the house that is built on the solid rock, the house that is rooted and grounded, remains secure. The storms of life will come. The storms of life will hit. The question for us, like those houses, and that one house in particular, when the storms of life hit, is your life grounded? Is your life rooted? We live in a day where we are all at some level, whether it be cultural or personal, facing storms of this life. I could go around the room starting at this transept and going to this section, to that section, ending in this transept and go all around. And because I know most of you, I could talk about and we could talk about the storms of life that have faced you just the last 12 to 24 months. You could look even into our home and see the storms of life that have hit our family and our home just the past nine months. It's something we all long for and we all hope for, is it not? We hear parents talk about their kids and say, we just want our kids to be grounded and rooted. We hear spouses talk about it. We want our marriages and our relationships to be rooted and grounded. We're tired of, of our relationships and our lives being unstable and ungrounded. We hear professionals talk about it for their businesses and the economy. We want an economy and a business and a business plan and a business model that is rooted and grounded and stable. We face health issues and unemployment and loss of life and loss of loved ones and we all at some point in our lives collectively cry out, enough, enough. And for some of us, even the Christian, if we were honest, grow weary, and sometimes throw our hands up in the air and we go, maybe being rooted and being grounded and having stability is just not something that can be achieved. But Paul says, actually, it can. Paul says, in the midst of the storms of life, in the midst of the instabilities that life brings, that you can be grounded. Paul says you can be rooted and grounded and anchored. And so there is one thing and one thing only that I want to talk about this morning. One big idea, and it is this, that your life, in the midst of the storms of life, that your life can be rooted and rooted in one thing and one thing alone, and that is the Word of God that you can leave here this morning with the confidence that your life can be rooted and anchored and grounded in the Word of God and in the Word of God alone. So what does it mean? What does it mean for us as a church? What does it mean for us as a Christian, for our lives to be rooted in God's Word? The first thing that we see here in the passage that we read, particularly in 7 and 8, is that in verses 7 and 8, is that 
to have a life that is rooted in God's word means that we don't have to walk blindly through this life. Paul says at the end of verse 6, going into 7, he says, So walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught. What were these Christians taught? They were taught the word of God. They were taught the truths of scripture. They were taught the truths of the gospel. And what Paul is saying, walk in them. Be rooted in them. Be rooted in a truth. To walk means that you are no longer blind. To walk means that there is a clear path in which you can walk through. It means that through the storms of life, although it might be foggy, although it might be confusing, although you might feel lost at times, Paul says, for your life, Life to be rooted in the word of God means that you no longer have to walk through this life bl- blindly. That you have a lighthouse in the word of God. The psalmist calls it a lamp, a lamp unto your feet. We have the word of God which has been spoken, which has been transcribed under the authority of God and given to us as truth. That is why at this church, every single Sunday, we read God's word and what do we say? The grass withers and the flower fades. But not what? Not the word of God. No, the word of God, it stands forever. That things come and things go. That life will go by you and things will pass away. But the one thing that will never pass away is the word of God. So we need to be a church, we need to be a people that are rooting themselves in the word of God as Paul implores us to, to walk in it, to be rooted in the truth, to be rooted in the word of God so that we can go through this life without the blinders on and that we can see clearly the path in which God desires us to go. Joshua, Joshua, the great patriarch in the Old Testament, He happens to follow who? An even greater patriarch in the Old Testament, Moses. And the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 1, opens up and Moses is no longer here. Moses is gone. Could you imagine following Moses? The one who himself received the law of God from Mount Sinai. And you can imagine the fear and the trepidation that Joshua had. As he was wondering, how do I lead? And what path am I to take the people of God on? And what does God say in the very first chapter of Joshua? Joshua's marching orders are this. Stick to the book. Meditate on this book day and night. Whether you turn to the right or whether you turn to the left. Meditate on this word, the very word of God, both day and night. God doesn't draw up a new strategy. God does not draw up a new plan. He says, Joshua, if you want to think clearly and go in the right direction that you and the people of God should go, stick to the book. Walk in it. Be rooted in it. How many people, how many people are going through life without a map, without a guide, Sailing and flying and walking and driving through life with no guide, with no map. A mother and a father went to a parent-teacher night 
for their elementary student going into the second grade. And the administration at the school was very excited to host all of the parents because this was the night that they were going to announce the new curriculum that had just come out. And the principal of the elementary school stands before all of the parents and says, quote, teachers will not be responsible from now on for giving students the right answers. We've discovered that it's inappropriate for our teachers to assume they know the truth. First, we have found that what is true today might not be true tomorrow. Therefore, it would be presumptuous for our instructors to force today's reality down the throats of their pupils. Second, we feel that what is true to you may not be true for me. After all, it's all relative. And third, we know that we can severely damage a child's self-esteem by telling them that they have the wrong answer. End quote. How's that work when you take the SAT? Mom and dad, I got a 1600 on self-esteem, but there's not a college in America that'll accept me. Listen, we live in a crazy world where truth is under attack, where truth is questioned, and we as believers and we as Christians are able to stand confidently and say, no, we do have a truth. We have a truth that is absolute. We have a truth that guides us through the storms of life. We have a book and a word and a truth that guides us through the paths of life as confusing and as chaotic as they might, it might be. So when Paul implores the church, the Colossians, and ultimately us this morning, be rooted, be rooted to the truth. We don't have to be blind. But being rooted in the word of God not only means that we don't have to be blind, it also means that we can have courage in this life. It means that being rooted in the word of God, we can have confidence, that we can have courage, that we don't have to be weak. We don't have to be wishy-washy. Listen, we are a very impressionable people, if you haven't found out already. We move and are swayed by the cultural storms and the cultural winds unlike any people I've ever seen. Just have to watch the news. We sway like the wind. But being rooted in God's word says this, that you can have courage, that you can have confidence, that you don't have to be wishy-washy in the storms of life when new philosophies come in. What is what is? Paul say in verse 8, he says, see to it that no one takes you captive by the philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental human tradition, uh, spirits of the wor- world and not according to Christ. What Paul is saying is that you will always be inundated by human traditions and philosophies and the elemental, the temporal spirits and teachings of this world do not allow them to take you captive. Paul uses some very unusual language there. The idea of being held captive, I said this a few weeks ago in my message, the idea of being held captive is being taken forcibly against your will. And what Paul is doing, he's warning us that the spirit of man and the traditions of this world and the teachings of this world will creep into your life and creep into your home and creep into your mind and creep into your heart and it will take you captive against your will. 
if you are not careful and you are not rooted in the Word of God. We are an amazingly impressionable people, and it takes being rooted to say, no, no, I will not go where everyone else is going. Listen to me. You will lead your life to a life of ruin if you go where the wind goes and you are swayed where the wind blows. Book titled All the Light You Cannot See is about Hitler's effort to recruit young men into his youth movement, his military movement. And so they would take young, impressionable German boys and they would take them through basic training. Well, this book tells of one story of this little scrawny boy that didn't fit the bill. He didn't fit the part of what they were ultimately looking for. But nevertheless, they recruited him. And during their basic training and their exercises, what they would do is they would put them and test them to see what they were capable of doing. And one winter day, they took a Polish prisoner... And in the middle of winter, they bound him outside. And one by one, they took these young German boys. And in their training, they gave them a bucket of water. And they told them to go outside and dump the bucket of water on this Polish prisoner. And keep dumping the buckets of water until there is a sheet of ice covering the prisoner. Well, when it came time for this young, scrawny boy, he came outside with his head down and the Germans were cheering him on and the other youth were cheering him on. And suddenly he lifted his head and he said, No, no, I will not do it. I will not do it. I will not lead a life of ruin and destruction. And he threw the bucket down and he ran away. Who is the courage? Who is the courage in our culture to stand and say, no, no, I will not lead a life of ruin and destruction. Who has the courage in our culture today to stand up and say, no, with confidence, I know the truth and the truth has set me free. Only those that are rooted in God's word have the courage and the confidence. So what does that mean we do? What do we have to do? Well, it means that we have to be people who are committed and devoted to the Word of God. We have to read this book, meditate on this book, bring your Bibles every Sunday, get plugged into a Bible study, get plugged into a Sunday school class. We have to be people that are dedicated when the moment I rise and the moment I lay down my head at night reading the book, reading the book to our children, reading the book to our grandchildren. I remember asking uh, a fellow classmate of mine that eventually had gone off to college and eventually entered into professional golf. He had finally made it. And I asked him, what does it really take? What does it take to make it to the place that you have made it in professional golf? I mean, is it, is it the clubs? Is it the courses? What exactly is it? And he took me through the last 20 years of his life. He said, before I got to school in the morning, at 6.30 in the morning, I was the first one on the driving range. 
And then after school, I played a round of golf. And after my round of golf, I went back to the driving range. And I did this every single day for 20 years. Well, guess what? To be people that are rooted in the word of God, it is not once a week showing up on Sunday morning and flipping through the pages. It is every single day being students of the word of God, being children of the book, going through it, meditating on it day and night. When I wake up and when I lie down, I am a person that is absorbed in the word of God. That's why we open our Bibles every Sunday and have Sunday school classes and Bible studies. It's why we have a school across the streets that doesn't just teach them math and English, but teaches them that the word of God can change their hearts and shape their worldview forever. We need to be people that are rooted, rooted in the word of God. Let me ask you this question as we close. How do you stay rooted? It's one thing to know that we need to be people rooted in the word of God so that we no longer have to be blind. It's one thing to know that we need to be people rooted in the word of God so that we have confidence and courage. But how do we stay rooted? What gives us the motivation to be people of the word of God, rooted and grounded and anchored? Well, the answer is in the very first verse that we read. Look at verse six with me. Paul says, therefore... As you receive Jesus Christ, the Lord, walk in him. Just as you received Jesus Christ, the Lord. How did you receive Jesus Christ? Was it, God, look at all of the good things I've done for you. Now I receive Jesus Christ. Was it, God, look, look at my life. I've done more good than bad. I'm ready to receive Jesus Christ. God, I want you to look at my resume and all of my accomplishments. I'm not ready to receive Jesus Christ. No. It was by grace through faith. It was actually the admission that, God, I can't do anything to appease you. That I can't do anything good enough. But that Jesus is good enough for me. And that's how you receive Jesus. What am I trying to say? What Paul wants us to understand is that nothing will move you, nothing will motivate you, nothing will remind you of the importance of being rooted to the Word of God than remembering how you at first received Jesus. It means every single day reminding yourself that I am a sinner saved by grace. Every single day, I am in desperate need of the word of God. You see, as soon as we think that we have arrived to the place where we no longer need Jesus, we will no longer need the very word that brought us Jesus. As soon as we think we have somehow arrived at the place where we don't need to be reminded of the grace of God, we will then move on from reading the very words of life that tells us about the grace of God. I remember talking to a guy not too long ago, and he said, Pastor, I'm just thinking of quitting Jesus. Life's just been too hard. And I said, well, I've got good news for you. You might think of quitting Jesus, but Jesus will never quit you. It is every single day being reminded, how do I walk? How am I rooted in the word of God? Just as you receive Jesus in grace, praying that God would give you the grace 
to be reminded of the importance of being in the means of grace. It's the grace of God that changed your heart and gave you a new life and gave you a new desire. Paul is saying, walk in this truth. Walk in this reality. This is not a book of good stories. This is not a book of history. It is a living book that tells us that I am a sinner in need of the grace of God and that God accomplished that alone through the person of Jesus Christ. And so the only question I have for you this morning is, do you know this Jesus? This Jesus that came down and loved you to the point that he was willing to lay down his life for you so that you could live forever. A Jesus that lived a perfect life that you couldn't live. A Jesus that died on the cross that was deserved for you only to be raised from the dead so that you could have a relationship with God forever. To be rooted in the book means you first have to be anchored and rooted by the one who came to save. Is your life rooted in him, in Jesus Christ? You see, this is our anchor in life. When the storms of life come, this is our ultimate anchor in our security that God loves me and that there is nothing I can do to earn that love and that there is nothing I can do to lose that love. Is there any greater security in life than that? Let me close with this. Heard recently of a dad and a son and the son had suffered from Crohn's disease and they had gone to different hospitals and different doctors to find the proper medication and the medication they had found was a catch-22. It had tempered the effects of having Crohn's disease, but it did all kinds of things with his mood, the son's mood. And he would go through all kinds of different mood swings. And one day, unfortunately, the son went into a very violent rage. And as the dad went out to control his son, his son took a swing and tried to hit him. Tried to hit his dad. And I think both in that moment, both the son and the dad were shocked at what happened. But you can imagine the dad, his dad, his beloved dad, looking at his beloved son, thinking that my son tried to hit me. And as the dad moved forward, he tried to hit him again. And he said, son, I want you to know this. When I reach for you and you knock me away, I will reach for you again. And when I reach for you again and you knock me away, I will reach for you again. And listen to me, son, I will never stop reaching for you. You see, for us, the good news this morning, for those that are in Christ Jesus, is that we have a Father that will never stop reaching for us. And that is your anchor. That is what we are as a church and as a people of God must be our anchor and the very thing in which we must be rooted to. We are rooted to this book because it tells us of the one that we are rooted to. This word of God is an anchor because it tells us of the ultimate anchor, God himself. And so would we commit to being a people, young and old, doesn't matter whether you're 5 or 85, being a people that are rooted to the book, to the word of God, because it tells us about a God who loves us and who saves us and rescues us, being a people rooted to God's word. When darkness veils his lovely face, I rest 
in His unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil on Christ. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand.